0: This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello, and welcome to what's going to be a very jolly Pompey Talk. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport, Mark McMahon, Chief Sports Writer, Neil Allen, and Blues Writer, Will Rooney, too bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, I'm sorry, we've got to do it. We dissect the playoff defeat at Oxford United and what it means for Pompey moving forward. What happens to Kenny Jacket now? Leaving the playoff arena with regret? Captain Tom Nader's Pompey career at a crossroads? And are Pompey now a League One club in every sense? No, it's not a Pompey talk for the faint-hearted. We're now available on Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, so give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition delivered to your device, and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at Portsmouth.co.uk.
1: Well, welcome to another Pompey podcast. Normally these are quite chipper affairs, but no doubt we're still reeling from the events of Monday night. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we're all still suffering. Anybody want to share their thoughts, or get anything off their chest when we've got the opportunity?
2: I'd like a day yeah, Frankie and, Frankie, and, Frankie and Benny's was closed at Oxford. Oh, no.
0: You've had pizza at so Oxford? My dinner...
2: My, I didn't have any oh, pizza. My, my dinner consisted of a sausage, jumbo sausage
0: roll and a bag of crisps. I had a, I had a tube of Pringles. <laughs> you, what flavour? Dalton Vinegar I'd yeah. only go for the okay. a bit of a left field one but they were, they were cheaper you know our times are hard at the minute so <laughs> <laughs> actually in Sainsbury's I did see members two members of
2: Oxford's coaching staff
0: right. yeah. they had
2: initials on them and everything yeah they the initials on them in there um, I had no idea who they were um, but uh, it proved to be the highlight of my day actually
0: yeah I'll say for us it was a uh, Says it all, really. We spent our time looking at Westwood and the cronies uh, jumping up and down on the on the pallet truck. Oh well, the, the flat <laughs> truck. That was uh, that uh, distracted from the misery for a bit, didn't it? But then we had to face face it
1: full on, unfortunately.
3: So so was so we the biggest
1: entertainment factor. The biggest entertainment factor, indeed. Yeah, that that is something that we will touch on, no doubt. But yes, so. Getting to the game itself, the two games. Well, let's start with you. What What was your overall impression of Pompey? Um, obviously very disappointing result. Played well in bits and bobs, but no cutting edge, nothing that really excited us. Um, unfortunate to lose on penalties, but yeah, it boils down to it still didn't do enough, did it?
3: Yeah, I mean, let's go back to Sunderland last season, and it was just almost a carbon copy, wasn't it? You come you... You finish the game thinking, have Pompey really gone out on the shield there? Because again, they didn't create an awful lot of chances over the two legs. I mean, this time around, they led both legs, didn't he? And they probably edged the first game, the second game was a bit tighter. But again, it was just so disappointing to, to see them knock out on the shield. And that's what you want, is, isn't it? You see, I know Wickham and Fleetwood, that was a, a rip roaring affair, wasn't it? Over, over two legs, and obviously Fleetwood lost the heads of it having two men sent off in the first leg. But you just want, you just want a little bit of gun cold from Pompey in the playoffs. Like You understand in the first leg where players don't necessarily want to make a stake and they don't want to be culpable and they don't want to be in the final line, etc. But that second leg, you just want to see Pompey throw a kitchen sink at it, don't you? You want to see them go for it, and that for me was the... the biggest disappointment of it all. It was a love for them to just go for it and throw everything at, X, at Salvo what a salvo at the at the Oxford goal. And you know, even you know we seen in the first leg like, that Roman Curtis, Sam Eastwood might have should have really had that one. <clears throat> the second one he could argue say that he was a bit slowed down to harness so there's a keeper there to be tested, but he just didn't test him enough.
1: Dave your thoughts
2: um I think overall, Pompey actually shaded the the, the tie, both games. Um, I mean, before we lay into them, they did. They they were shaded. They were were narrowly the better side in two poor games, uh, games which lacked quality. Uh, Let's face it, Pompey hit the post twice. They had New penalty sessions turned down. They took the lead twice. Uh, They actually uh, scored twice at Oxford, didn't they? Let's not forget. Um, And... um, they narrowly shaded it. However, it was just demoralising, wasn't it? It really was. It's it, it just the football was mechanical, uninspiring, rigid. It was just terrible to watch. Two sides scared to attack, scared to show invention and creativity. And it, it was for, for a television audience with nothing invested in the game, it must have been appalling to watch. And um, I'm afraid it sums up a lot of the football we've seen in recent years as well. Uh, very disappointing, the lack of excitement and Pompey are functional, aren't they? They're a functional side. Uh, they grind out results, we know that under this manager. And, uh, and that was just another example. And, and uh, I know it's just a penalty that stopped them going through, but perhaps that would have papered over the cracks, if anything.
1: Jordy, I don't want to really get into Jacket just at this moment in time, but it's very hard not to like. But yeah. Do you reckon Kenny Jacket has got any selection regrets or any other regrets at all over those two games?
0: Oh, It's, it's way... Do you start looking at the game or looking at moving forward and the damage that's done from it, really, isn't it? It's kind of a twofold issue there with, with relationships moving forward, Naylor... Then Close, I mean, if you look back over the season, the amount of players that are in that squad at the moment are probably pissed off and, and contracted <laughs> for next season. Um, it amounts to a bit, a big issues there. Um, yeah, I mean, Kenny Jackett, as Will's explored, he's he's done it before, he's made big decisions, uh, selection gambles, and obviously the ones this time were, were, were Tom Nader, ostensibly, with... Um, Steve Seddon probably in the first leg, not far behind, was it? John Marcus, your top goal scorer, again, I agree with that decision um, and he, he that, that was another big one and Ben Close, um, you know, he's got his fans and got his his opponents but out of the squad for two games was was another another massive call. Um, you live and die by the result, don't you, ultimately um, and the fact that probably haven't made it to MD means there probably are regrets of sorts but I don't think that's probably where, where the issue lies. I think it lies elsewhere, which we probably explored there. Um, the, the paralysis that you know the, the player's been you know, totally paralysed by fear as the game go has gone on, and it was a high stakes approach to have that um, ethos that you want to kind of see the game out and go for penalties and, and not try to win it because it wasn't there wasn't you know that player to create a bit of magic. Um, and it was just uh, uh, as Neil said it was kind of turgid actually remember someone there on the day saying it was an engrossing game up at Oxford Neil, on, the com- on the commentators uh, it, was,
2: it was unbelievable <laughs> a engrossing was game See, I'll tell you what somebody's trying to big up the game to the listeners aren't they <laughs> dear me it, but, it, but it was a terrible game let's not forget Oxford were just as bad as Pompey. it was an awful
0: match yeah, yeah, and, and, and it was for both sides, but obviously there, there's history now, isn't there? Uh, again, we'll bang on. I, I wrote before that this game that we didn't want to leave with regrets at the end of it. We could handle the referee decision costing us, and, and I, I know penalty decisions were to the fore, but ultimately I don't think that, that, that was the reason. I, I don't think Pompey, over I mean, they went out, is that word, isn't it? Went out of a whimper. We'd used it, used it 12 months ago, and unfortunately it's the same case again.
1: Yeah. Well, just looking at that team selection, how surprised were you that Naylor didn't start? How surprised were you that Sen didn't start?
3: It was massive Naylor, wasn't it? I mean, people had looked into it in the Bills, up we've touched upon it, haven't we? Of looking at the team and the pictures that came out at Redden and Brentford, and then looking at the footage that Pompey up on the Twitter page of the in-house games. Book. And it was, it was McGee and... Uh, Morrison and Cannon in the three but you thought surely he's just experimenting and looking at things and he didn't have Jack Watmore which I'm sure we might get onto in his, in, in his centre half so maybe he's just put Naylor there for the training games because uh, because he knows that he can do a job then he knows he's remitting the team so when that team selection came up it was just a complete careful wasn't it I mean to have your captain who has always played no matter what when he's available I think, Jack, I personally, think Jack has got that one one wrong, especially away to Oxford. In terms of setting, well, the a case for Lee Brown, was the best player over the two legs. Of course, he was absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I
2: agree with that as well. Yeah.
3: I mean, to to mark James Henry also the game, who's their danger. I mean, all about and then that one where where Brown broke, where Marcus Brown broke in the second half, and, and Brown tracked back and managed to put the pressure off him, steal it off him. You know. Again, that was that was a key moment as well. And when he came off the bench, he said, "Let's be fair but for all set as well as said and was done." On his loan spell, he didn't exactly do a lot in that second leg, did he? You didn't see him roll forward and really test the Oxford defence like we have seen him do. Like we have seen him do this season. So big calls. I think Jacket's got the got the bra on right myself, but the <laughs> nailer, I'm not too sure on that. And certainly the jury's out with a lot of supporters. And now. Going forward, how is their relationship affected now? I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna require some some surgery to 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 stitch up, isn't it? Because to drop your captain like that is just a massive selection call and he must be absolutely devastated, Tom Naylor. Especially when winter comes around. Yeah, that's he to do yeah. he <laughs> sat, sat in his in his icebox now, only back at home. But where, where does Tom
2: Naylor go from here, though? Where, where does he go? Because Tom Naylor, every time he's fit, every time he's available and not suspended, he plays for Jacket's team. And, um, and, and he's been overlooked for the two biggest games of the season, put on the bench, not played at all. How, does, how possibly Naylor can come back from this? I, I, I can't see it. Um, surely it's now, the, the manager's now lost him. How can How can you say to him, new season next year, you're back as captain, you'll play again. And mm. Naylor's automatically thinking, yeah, sure, until we get a big game and then I'm dropped. Yeah. How does Naylor come back from this? I can't see how he can.
1: Does that mean you don't think, do you think his pumping career could be in uh, at a crossroads
2: now? Well, I definitely at a crossroads, but could it be ended there? Simply because of that relationship? It's got to be at a crossroads, hasn't it? I mean, I'm not saying he's going to leave because obviously the, the, the the environment out there, isn't it? And um, yeah. with with football, and he's contracted, um, and he remains a key player in this team and one of their best players. Uh, Runner, also oh, sorry, third in the play of the year vote as well. Um, but he's definitely at the crossroads because he will be sitting there thinking, "Well, what do I do now?" Yeah. It's a it was a big decision, and um, I can only see it losing the player.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a bit of context is needed on, <clears throat> on the Morris side of things on this as well because the players have been off for that, that three, four-month period um, and they wanted to have a look at things when, when when they came back. And it sounds like Morris came back as one of the brightest players after the break. He obviously um, came in at a level which it, what the break worked out well for Morris, didn't it? Because he came in, he could come in at at the same level as, as everyone else. So that was whatever you think of the decision. I can see that he came back in Jacket wants to look at who's been affected and who had not been affected so much by the layoff, and Morris was one of the big bright spots. Whether you agree with it or not, it's a separate issue, but that that was the thinking behind it. And then obviously the the, the quote after, which I think is a little bit harsh on Kenny Jacket, because our friend Andy Moon had the quote about the uh, a, a decision for summer football, and he kind of summarised it in a in a in a in a tweet, encapsulated in in the quote. So I don't know if it was word for word what Jacket said but then followed it up with the exact detail but obviously fans you know remember the, these things and it's uh it's not the first one that's happened and it'd be a, it'd be a stick to uh beat Kenny Jacket with obviously he's probably going be number one at the moment uh, but i just think that one's perhaps just a little unfair but that would be what it's a bit like John has selling himself in those ones over the years people were like remember these sound bites don't pay him. and uh, and, yeah. uh <laughs> this is going to probably be the one that Kenny's mostly, most associated with Actually, I, I've got, uh, a friend of mine was telling me
2: yesterday that uh, during lockdown, he took his lad over to um, uh, King George's playing fields in Coshum. yeah, And uh, he, he saw Bryn Morris there doing laps of the playing fields uh, with his, his partner was, uh, sat in a goal mile for the ball timing him.
1: Uh, and he said he
2: was doing it for well over an hour, just putting everything in. And it and it comes back to how hard people have worked in lockdown and the determination to get back. And uh, it just goes to show that that, that the footballers w- w- they really want to play and come back fresh and especially him and uh, perhaps that's why he hit the nod uh, for the, the two
1: big games. Yeah, we want to that it's a, Yeah. it's 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 a shame that we're not sort of like celebrating Morris's return after such a dogged period in his career and and, and and welcoming him back with open arms—it's just the fact that—and he, he like he did all right. Um, after the amount of time he was out for, it, it wasn't—he didn't stand out for me in particular. Like he was quiet and possibly effective, but it's just the fact that it, he is now part of the collateral damage of dropping Tom Leader, your leader, your captain, and people now in hindsight looking back on, on that decision as being key for the overall result. So, fair play for Bryn Marsh
3: coming back but it just so happens that it was at the cost of the, the club capital. It's, like it it's not like they got beat 3-0 off, you know what I mean, 5-0 over the two legs. It was tight, wasn't it? Jack didn't get his selection all that wrong, did he, to be fair? Sorry, what were you going to say, Neil? I'll say, what, what do people expect
2: from Morris? His role in that system is a deep lying defensive holding midfielder so his role is to protect the back four get the ball pass it around retain possession he's not there to do long bursting runs into the box he's not there to dribble the ball upfield he's not there to go on a crazy run down the wing and put in a deep cross in um he's not there to put, to curl in free kicks into the cut corner his role I'm not saying that what he does but his role is to sit there in front of the back four. Uh, for me, both midfielders, holding midfielders, sat very deep in both games. But uh, that's his role. So I know some people said, I didn't see him do anything. Well, that's not his role. He's not there to create. He's not there to do a Paul Merson or you know, He's there to sit there. It's a very restrictive role. And what Jack did say after the first leg is that what Morris gives him his ball retention. And he did keep the ball very well as a whole. Naylor, superb defensive midfielder, tackling, getting about the pitch, probably one of the best in the league. But there's always doubts over Naylor about ball retention, isn't there? Which, which looks like the reason why he went to Morris. Fair days, fair days. That's, that's that, put that
1: then. Me in <laughs> that's, that's put me in the face
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about you But I saw on Twitter He yeah, no, responded to somebody on Twitter saying I didn't see him do anything well, It's not his role uh, but, yeah. And say, Naylor is superb at his job One of Pompey's best players Definitely a player who can play in the league above But Naylor, Naylor has a weakness And that is uh, accurate distribution uh, He can pass the ball But not enough to retain possession In Kenny Jackett's mind and I'm sure most fans would agree because Tom Naylor often gets criticized for his passing.
1: OK. Well, listen, we could dissect these two games to the cows comes home. There's so much you can talk about. Marquis, Harrison's contribution, Bass's, yeah. both, both goals. But, but I do think the conversation is going forward now, really, isn't it? And key to that there, central to that there, is Kenny Jagget. Um He's... Fans have been in uproar. Um, you can understand why. Um, but at the same time, he is still Pompey manager. He looks like he will remain as Pompey manager. He, he deserves the support. But, yeah, there's still massive question marks about Kenny Jackett and what his management style, the team's, the teams style under his management, etc. This one
3: is too too, too. You, you think That's probably a bit of a blessing for Pompey. I, I do, yeah. <laughs> I think... Um, Obviously, it, the boards are sticking by Jack as it looks like, and he will be in charge for, for next season. I think because they like Kenny Jack, at the eyes like him, they like the way he goes out his business. He's diligent, he's experienced, yeah. he's not going someone who's not going to kick up a fuss either, is he? Someone who gets on with the job and and works within the parameters that, that he's given. Um, but I, I personally, I think the only way the boards might make a decision if they see the club being impacted financially, whether that's through people not renewing ticket sales or season ticket sales, merchandise, etc. I think that might be the only way where they make a decision. And if the league, if the new season is going to be behind closed doors, then it's going to be reduced or a reduced capacity. You still going to have fans who want to go, they've missed going to Fratton Park, etc. So there's going to be a reduced capacity. You're going to have probably... The, the 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 biggest crowd that you could yeah. possibly have is 8,000, 10,000, et cetera. Yeah. Well, if it was a full-capacity season you're starting, a, would we have as many season ticket sales as 14,000 last summer? I, I'm going to stick me, me head on the chopping boards. I'm going to say no. I think fans are starting to cotton on to the fact that the only way that they might be able to show they're unhappy now to the owners is financially and going forward, if the owners see that being affected that might be the way that that uh, they make a decision. I mean, I'm not saying I'm Kenny Jacket in, I'm not saying I'm Kenny Jacket out. I think that if a man of a managers, man you know, he overachieved in the first year, the. He had a good season last year. Pompey won't achieve this season. The the have have not progressed, but mm. a lot of fans would kill for two two playoff charges and two Wembley finals as well. A lot of football fans out there fought and you know without showing any disrespect, Gillingham or mm. you know, clubs like that who are steady, they they'd absolutely kill for that experience. I think it's the entertainment value, isn't it? That I'm sure that, that you'll both speak about Pompey Fans are, are, are getting tired of going to front Park and not getting value for money. I don't know if, if that's something that, that you you lads agree with.
0: Oh, the the actual. I mean, if you, you're gauging, when you're gauging responses. It's people you speak to. It's probably the social media. Um, yeah, and, and they say just look kind on of, your own circle and, and and the people you engage with. And that's been undoubtedly. Uh, I mean, it's barely been. I haven't seen anyone saying that Kenny Jackett should should stay. Which I get that you know we're in the maelstrom of, of of the playoff defeat at the moment. We're in the eye of the storm, and there's so much anger out there. Um, <clears throat> will we'll, when it comes round to the season starting again, whenever it does, will, will there be a downturn in in season tickets? We we'll have to wait and see. But it just feels like there might be a, might be a line in the sand. And I think you've nailed it now because with owners kind of um, on the other side of Atlantic, it probably feels like the it does to me that they're not they're not always at the cold face of of the feeding and if they were, you know, perhaps present at games or in the community more they would feel the the anger as it is they're probably, you know, getting it off social media and that's kind of where their indicators are coming from. So it, I I you know, I think there's every chance that if it probably had their full you know, capacity available. The season tickets would be, be be down because there is, there is people are apathetic at the moment. Perhaps yeah. even worse than apathetic, they're indifferent. Um, you know, there's been a lot of sentiment, I can see where people come from. Where they're not even angry; they just feel like you know it's all been sucked out of them, uh, and they're just kind of they're, they're not feeling a great deal at all. Now, that's probably the saddest thing, isn't it, for people that, that love their football club and it's their life and, they, and a big part of their lives too. That that they're kind of shrugging their shoulders because. Perhaps it's probably what they expected they, going into this. They didn't have high hopes. So when when this happened, although in a, in a tight manner, they're like, well, I don't expect any different, to be honest. So that's probably the saddest thing for me.
2: Okay, yeah. funny.
0: We, 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 thing is, I like say about Jacket,
2: he's a very good manager. Mm. You know, Obviously, there's, he's got a lot of criticism at the moment, uh, but he remains a very good manager, a safe pair of hands, um, a reliable manager, level-headed, and if he's here next year, which he obviously is at this moment in time, uh, you expect him to get Pompey in the top 10 the top 8. They won't be in relegation trouble. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be challenging again, hopefully. Um, he's a safe pair of hands. He's not somebody to become a bad manager. Look at his win ratio. Look at his achievements at various clubs over the years. He's had success... Uh, at a number of clubs, not just, it's not just a one trick pony at one football club, and he remains an excellent manager. Um, but obviously, at the moment, supporters are questioning his decisions uh, in terms of selection, in terms of recruitment, and also the style of football. And perhaps it is overlooked that he is, as I, I repeat again, a good manager.
1: Hmm. What makes you so confident, though, Neil that Pompey will be challenging next season if Jack still in charge? Burn in the, well one you, you addressed this week In one of your In your stories That the club needs The squad needs An absolute overhaul With the financial situation all too What, what makes you confident They will be able To challenge again Under those ramp, Under those Yeah
2: Conditions Well I think With Jacket in charge With a the call there I say challenge well, They'll be they can, They'll finish in the top ten Challenging for the playoffs again <laughs> That's it isn't it that's for the yeah. playoffs. Um, is,
1: that, is, that, is that not a backwards step? Those top ten now we're talking about? Of course about it is. For the playoffs.
2: <laughs> that's, what, that's that's why they need an overhaul. Of course it is. But I've read some people saying that, um, that Pompey could be in relegation trouble next year, which I cannot see that. I don't believe that no, whatsoever. Because, no, no, no. because the core of the players there and the quality of the manager. But as you say, Pompey aren't there to drop away to to 8th or ninth after finishing 4th and 5th and whatever, they need to be challenging for the promotion spots, not the playoffs, and I'm afraid that squad needs a big overhaul because uh, a lot of players have gone uh, low knees have gone Christian Burgess has gone, some players haven't worked, some players are managing themselves, written off, and for me the squad is, is, uh, is weak at the moment um, and I'm sure the option will be there to strengthen it through transfers or whatever and that's down to the manager of recruitment yet again. But with Jackie at the helm, I'm confident Pompey will finish in the top 10, which is not good for anyone, don't get me wrong.
0: But this is the problem, isn't it? That we, we all, I think we all agree on it. This was a huge missed opportunity this season. There's no doubt about the, you know, the, the, the reasons are manifold, but we know it's going to be a stronger league next season. I think the team's going up. Yeah, and the team the teams going out of the division, isn't it? They are, mm. The ones coming in are going to be strong. If you look at, you know, the commentaries and Rotherham that have gone up and then oxen or wickham, either or one of those, those three going up into the championship, you've got probably eight or nine that could come down. I'm gonna be generous to Luton and Barnes and say that they're still in it, but there's eight, you know, three from eight or nine there, and then we we're gonna get pulled right in with the twelve points coming off. There's gonna be some strong teams in that division, stronger teams than there are now coming up. Through, you know, Swindon, the likes of those as well. Plymouth, our friends, we were talking about the Dockyard Derby again. <laughs> the teams coming out of some of the weakest, weakest. You know, Southampton were terrible, absolutely terrible. Bolton were a club in disarray. Tranmere not much better. So that's the state of the condition of of League One next season. When and then you've got you know the Ipswiches and the Sunderlands as well. Uh, what what they're going to be like? Are they going to be stronger? We we wait mm-hmm. to see it, you know amidst the coronavirus crisis. But that's the league that Pompey are in, and they couldn't get out of What is probably the weakest League One in years this season? Okay, yeah, we had the, the the way that the season ended, but Pompey were at the turn of the year were well, way down on what they were the, the past the season before, and. Um, if they'd had anything like the points return, they would have been kind of five points clear of a, a game in hand and ten points clear of second place. So they, they, had a, they had a terrible start to the season. Um, and, yeah, and so that, 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 that's part of the problem. As Neil's explored this week as well, then the squad's going to be ripped up. It's going to be ripped up more than it was last season. And, again, that, that was pointed out that that was a, a reason for a poor start, the turnover in players. It's going to be ripped up more this time. Again, so where does that leave things? And then we haven't even got to the the issue of the wage cap yet and how that's going to create a a chasm between the Championship and League One. It's going to get bigger and bigger every year. And and at which point now, do you say Pompey... I mean, I haven't checked this stat, but I heard that that now this is the longest period out of the top two divisions. At which point do Pompey now become a lower league team? Big problem. Yeah.
1: Johnny, just on that wage cap, actually, that's something you've been taking close attention to over recent Weeks, it is common, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and it, and I think people are slowly coming to terms with
0: it because the line I've been taking, people aren't aren't picking up on the on the wage cap and the fact that it, it's going to be be coming into play next season. But now, I mean, there's, there's more and more meat on the bones and talks of indicative votes coming in. The PFA are being opposed to it as they as they would be, but mm. the figures we, cause I think in the first instance in the, the suggestion would it would be League One and League Two uh, with a wage cap, and, and there was not so much meant. Uh, mention of the of the championship, but now we're hearing figures of 1.25 million for for League Two, two and a half million pound cap for League One, and then 18 million pound for the Championship. Now that 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 shows you again that that goal, that chasm, when Pompey on the other side of the rope bridge, with the, you know, it's just been cut off, and the, and this is where they need to get into the Championship because it's going to grow and grow. And get, get this, get this right. I I think there's. The line in the sand that COVID's brought, and it's been coming to uh, a head for a long time now, but COVID has brought it to a the head. There, there needs to be something done because you can't have 200% ways to turn over in the, in, the, in the Championship, which clubs are now, and people just not giving a damn about profit and sustainability rules. You, you hear six, seven, eight clubs could be charged with breaking that moving forward. So I get it, but it's just the timing of it. And Pompey now fallen behind and, and Kenny Jackett's picked up on it he wasn't referencing Pompey because this was before the playoff but his big fear was that if these rules come in that he's looking at because you can create yo-yo clubs um, with, with such a you know a, a, a golfing in in wage caps and now ironically you look at those quotes there. If you look at look at that story you think about in the light of what's happened and where Pompey stand and, and, and you fear for what could happen in years to come because every year Pompey are in League One, it's going to get harder to get out of. Certainly so Not harder to get out of, harder to stay out of. Um, and, the, and the fear is that, that they've become a League One club, which Pompey aren't, aren't, most of their history, they've been in the top two divisions. And I think everyone, again, probably agrees the natural standard would be Championship Club. I mean, people with, with most level headed of Pompey fans would say that. Um, and and they end up probably... Could end up sticking around in League One for for too long?
1: Well, bear in mind the wage cap uh, and the fact that there is a, a massive squad overhaul probably and um, required. But what what sort of transfer window are you anticipating? Is there going to be numbers coming through the doors? Is there are we going to replace the players that are leaving? Are we going to get better quality in or is it going to be free transfers and youngsters being promoted or or what? What what's your
3: Assessment of Just touch touch on the wage cap. I mean, what I can't believe is they're not giving clubs a lot of time to get the house in order, are they? Introducing this wage cap if it's going to be at the next season. I mean, it's 2.5 million and you're in, say, a Sunderland or an Ipswich. I think Ipswich had like a £10 million playing budget. It's going to be difficult, is it, to to get your house in order in such a a short amount of time? It's just madness. And then I know you've touched on it before as well, Josie. I mean, how can a club like Aston have the same, same potentially the same wage budgets as or player budgets as Pompey or Sunderland or Ipswich? No, it just it just doesn't make sense exactly. anyway. This summer, this summer anyway. I mean, you look at, I think Neil touched on as well, didn't he in his story yesterday? Um, goalkeepers looks fine. McGilvery's one that he might he probably will want to get away, but it might be difficult for him given the the climate and. But Pompey might feel like they was accepting off if the right one came in because is it a time to to have two really good goalkeepers at the club? Do you really need that luxury of having someone who, who could be a, an asset who you could sell at the club next season? Given how tight finances are going to be, centre backs is one that you've got to tackle, isn't it? That's going to be the key one. Christian Bae just going one as his best best year for me. A Pompey that I've seen—I touched upon the podcast last week. Three years I've covered the club. He's been absolutely immense. Sean Raggett, will he stay? That's an interesting one. I mean, there's been no um, no message on Instagram, yes, as there or Twitter, so I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Really, is silence. I mean, McGeehan's one looked like he had unfinished business, and it was almost like, don't don't forget about me. I'll be back soon. But Raggett has been. Been silent so far, then pulled down and been out the fray. He'd think he'd want to get away, but he was going to pay his wages. He'll be on good wages at Pompey and understand that the part of the reason why he couldn't leave out leave on loan in January because clubs wouldn't pay his wages or, or contribute to his wages because he were a, a decent amount. And so Jack Watmore's coming back off three serious knee injuries, and we've seen his performance at, at, at Peterborough where he just was all over the show, wasn't he? he was completely out of kilter and didn't look like a player who was absolutely immense last season when he was playing alongside McClark. Uh the wingers you're alright, centre fields, you're all right, but a lot of it depends on on Naylor and then if you get McGee in. I think personally, I think what's going to be big is, is getting another striker into challenge with with Harrison and Marquez. Uh there's an argument that the Pompey have yet to get the best out of Marquez. They haven't played to his style, which he did quite clearly doncast the amount of goals he plundered and Harrison's played well but he's not a natural goal scorer and he finished on 10 goals this season that's as as many as Hawkins got last season and, and, and Hawkins <laughs> were berated by fans let's not forget mm. um, Hawkins' remit was to hold the ball up Harrison can stretch it a little bit but he should be chipping in with goals as well I mean I do like Ellis Harrison I think he's had a good season he was a little bit off in the playoffs, but I'd like to see one more striker myself come in, and all the ladness. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But a real, a real good striker that can that can challenge those two, we can do a little bit of everything, really. And yeah, so I, I think a striker might be key for me to to get in and, and challenge Halisson and Marcus.
1: Well, Jordy, sorry, We're, we are running out of time here, but just something quickly. You've you've written about this week too, but. Kenny Jackett's also looking to maybe plug some youngsters in the first team next season. Has he got? Has he got that option to do that? There. Yeah,
0: yeah. This one's been causing a bit of debate. Um, you can imagine on social media today, um, caused quite a stir among supporters. Um, Kenny Jackett intimating that he would look to uh to use young players next season. Um, in the aftermath of the game, you can look at it. You can be cynical and say that he was saying that because that's something that supporters traditionally like to hear, that um, young players are being bloodied. Um, then there's the issue of when he means youngsters, what, what does he actually mean? I'm not quite sure he's talking about, the, you know, the Owen Teget and the Alfie Stanleys who are coming in of this world. I think perhaps more he's talking about the kind of 24, 23, 22-year-olds that he's got at the squad but um, the supporters are, you know I can understand why as well they've been totally dismissive a bit but his viewpoint Kenny's is that um, on this that, that's what he's going to look to next season so but who is there who is there who have we got coming through Had you been ogre perhaps but you know you've got Bolton there at right back um, you know Hackett Fairchild are hardly hardly featured but perhaps if you all broaden it out to the 23 24 year olds then it obviously then Curtis and Morris and Ben Close and players like that, then then coming to the into the, even Marcus Harness. In fact, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's how you define it. But that's the approach that um, Kenny Jacketts uh, saying he's going to go down next season. Whether that pans out, Um and again, some people who supported him looking at you know Kenny Jacketts' record um with developing youngsters. Although he came to Pompey, of course, when he was at the, at the, at, working briefly at the Spurs Academy before. Before we arrive, so perhaps the uh, the one that actually did give a a, a chink of light and a, 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 quite a positive response was the Cameron McGinn, Um Thought that Pompey will be looking to make that move positive. That's <laughs> you know that was actually I was surprised because Cameron's done okay for me. He's done all right. and actually I think he was among the pick of the players in the second game. Uh, yeah. But overall, Pompey he's been steady rather than spectacular. But supporters is really receiving that warmly, and saying that they, you know largely the the, the the response I've seen that he with Liam. I'd welcome him here next season. So uh, that was one small crumb uh, that supporters have latched onto amongst of uh, see of, of depressive stories, really, over, over the
3: uh,
1: past few <laughs> uh, no doubt the fact that football might return in mid September is another reason to add to people's depressive states at the minute, but that is a realistic sort of a plan going forward in mid September.
2: Yeah, it seems to be the, the way where it's heading, isn't it? Um, uh, Mark Catlin quite rightly pointed out, if if it's, if it's beyond September, you're then talking about a ridiculous amount of games going on in midweek haven't you, to play catch-up. Uh, but they can do that at the moment with a September return date. Uh, as ever, the EFL have to decide when they're coming back and that'll be put to the clubs, no doubt. And we all know how long that takes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, hopefully they can come to an answer soon, and uh, in the middle of September. Okay.
1: Well, are you still there?
3: I'm still here. Yeah.
1: Yes. Sorry, I put you out of nip down to the Foddington Arms for a pint there. Um, we'll leave the last word with you. Your words of wisdom. If you're in the Foddington Arms tonight, and a Pompey fan sits down beside you and asks, "Why should I buy a season ticket for next season?" What would you say, Jim? How would you raise the spirits? Of oh, own? he just launched a grenade
3: me. at him there. I'd say buy a season to him because it'll keep you out of these ghastly pumps. That <laughs> 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 Is that it? That's, the
1: that's one, it? that's the one piece of advice. So there's nothing yeah. to look forward to. There's no positives to take as we start maybe focusing on next season. No
0: positives. <laughs> oh, no do long. we really feel like that at the moment? Or no, but, I don't. You know, let's
3: let's try to be positive. Pompey, I've got a manager, who has three promotions under his belt. has always had teams in League One in the top, you know, the top six. I think I think John his management career, he's always finished in the playoffs. So going back to Neil's point earlier, you would be surprised again if Pompey aren't in the playoffs next season. But yeah, so positives there to take. If they have a good summer and they start off well. A lot of this might hopefully be, be forgotten about. Touchwood, if Pompey start next season with a bang at the top of the league, they're doing well, they're flying, then you know, slowly but surely, a bit like this season, the detractors will, will return. They're not all going to return, we know that, but slowly but surely, I think that's the, the way to do it. Good stuff. Well, well done, Will.
0: You would have got a positive answer out of me, that's for sure. (laughs) That's why why I went to
1: Will. (laughs) Right, lads. Well, thank you all for your participation in this latest Pompey podcast. Much appreciated, as always. Um, Yeah, we'll wrap it up there and we'll crack on with some some work. Thank you again. (laughs) Speak to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.